Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hello and welcome to the IGN UK podcast. I am Alex Simmons and this week I am joined by the delightful Simon Cardi. Oh, I was waiting to see if that would be me or not with the delightful. I, I thought it wouldn't, but I was very pleasantly surprised. Well, I couldn't help the fact you were staring with this angelic look on your face. When don't I? Slightly well, cherub looking, aren't you? Oh, thank you, Matt. <laughs> oh. Looking, but not the way you oh. behave. You're an absolute oh, monster with the way you behave. <laughs> yeah. Well, do you know who else is cherubic? <laughs> is it is it Matt Persley? I was going to say you, Al. No, no, oh. I was going to... No. We all are. Welcome to the cherub podcast. <laughs> <laughs> the cherub corner. <laughs> yeah. I don't really know how to follow that up. No, no. But we have got a lot happening on this week's podcast. Uh, Matt, we're going to talk to you in a second. Uh, obviously, there were some big trailers that dropped that we're going to talk about. Uh, there is probably the toughest quiz that we've ever done. What? Oh, God. <laughs> I wasn't well, told this. Well, I had a look through it, and I, and I was like, shall we do it? I thought, yeah, why not? But I have put an easier round in of my own, just to make it Ooh. slightly... You're so uh, kind. I know, right? What I a know. wonderful boss you are. Oh, I love a challenge, though. I like to be challenged daily. <laughs> oh, well, that's good. You're going to get that. <laughs> um, but first, Matt, you saw probably the most anticipated film of the year which was Paw Patrol, the new movie. Yeah, I know, right? What a, what a delight. I, I've not been able to go to the cinema for months and to see animated dogs on screen. <laughs> delight. What a delight. You haven't seen in truth, <laughs> in, in truth, uh, my wife took my son to see Paw Patrol. It was £3 a ticket and it lasted 48 minutes. That's I was going to say, bad, I've heard though. that Paw Patrol is it's just a television show, isn't it, being shown yeah. on a cinema? <laughs> what a yes. weird thing. Basically. Um, anyway, but you really did go and see an amazing film in terms of the expectation, which mm-hmm. is Tenet. Yes, Christopher Nolan's latest, eh? Now, f- firstly, I don't know much about this film, uh-huh. which I don't think many people do apart from the people that have seen it. Mm-hmm. So you're not going to talk spoilers at all, are you? Not at all. And should you wish to read or, or watch stuff about Tenet as well, my review is up on IGN now, I guess, mm-hmm. since we're, this will go out in the future. And uh, that is also completely story-free. There's, there's, it's, it's difficult to write about a film when you can't talk literally about anything to do with the plot. There's not even the explanation of setup in that review. And yeah. I will do the same here. Um, but what I will say is that it is, again, it's another great film from Christopher Nolan. It, it, it's a, he's very good at thrillers, right? And he's, he's very good very at thrillers. Good- filmmaker i think i know it's it's a general opinion of christopher nolan and do you uh-huh. know what it's it's one i echo please carry well, on good good <laughs> uh so it's it's that is uh in terms of our review i call it great because i gave it an eight out of ten please mm. don't complain that it's not a nine or a ten <laughs> an eight is as we say a great score it's a four-star um, film yeah yeah uh, i genuinely had a, a fab time with it um it's 
it's got some grit to it in the same way it probably if we were to say it was related to any of his other films inception's the one that comes to mind and i think you've probably already had that idea from the trailers it is whereas inception's a, a heist movie this is a espionage movie that uses a kind of lofty sci-fi concept to mm-hmm. work with but rather than it being about the infiltration of dreams and going sort of like through these multiple realities it's to do with time obviously time is something that christopher nolan is obsessed with basically yeah Yeah. and i think kind of a lot of his films have always examined time like inception has the time element where it's about each layer of the dream you experience time in a different manner so the deeper you get the longer time is for you yeah um there was a similar thing on there's time for interstellar right on the different Mm -hmm. planets time progresses differently memento probably the biggest film for him on time in that it was about exploring yeah (laughs) yeah the interesting thing about tenet Mm. is that it's the most direct like exploration of time that he's done because time is the conceit he's exploring it's not whereas like memento is kind of like this putting together something that you didn't know by exploring something backwards yeah this is literally time manipulation it uses part of the plot time as a storytelling device rather than a mechanic in its world really yeah it's it's the macguffin of the the film for for lack of a better mm-hmm. way of explaining it and the thing i really like about that is it dictates the structure in inception the way inception does a heist movie but instead of if you think of something like an oceans movie where like the team are moving through the vaults well the vaults in inception are the layers of the dream right mm-hmm. so tenet does a similar thing where you'll have already seen from the trailers or what you know about it that it's to do with time flowing backwards you'll have seen like the car flipping in in reverse and stuff like that um you may also if you even look at the the title of the film be able to surmise some ideas of what might be coming in the right. way that even that works um and that's all i'll say about how it how it does but it creates when you start to learn how the world of tenet works you can start to see where it's going it's perhaps a little more predictable than certain other christopher nolan films but that's because you're learning the logic of how it works um that logic I think I can pick apart slightly, which is why I don't think it's his masterpiece. I think sometimes the time stuff is there in service of very interesting visual set pieces than it is more for the story. And Mm -hmm. when I got to the end of it, I kind of am a bit like, okay, so I understand where time is being used in example A, but there are some times where it's been used where I'm like, I don't really understand why they've opted to use time in the way that they have here. And it feels like it is sort of just being done because it looks very cool. I've right. got um, obviously a huge question here. Um, mm-hmm. Is it better than the Prestige? I would. So this is because I've Ooh. got a slightly different Christopher Nolan ranking to a lot of people in that. Oh, I think yeah. Dunkirk is his his masterpiece. Really? Oh, see, I think Inception is. So one. for me, it's Dunkirk, Inception, The Dark Knight, then probably The Prestige. Mm-hmm. So, but Tenet is very close to Prestige. I think my, arguably, I think my biggest problem with Tenet is that it feels a bit like it's Christopher Nolan doing Christopher Nolan, and that's never something I felt about his films before. And this is the one that, because it's got certain things that it shares with Inception and certain things that it shares with Memento and stuff like that, it does 
I, I absolutely don't believe that this was the case, but if Warner Brothers had gone to Christopher Nolan and gone, we want you to make this film that we believe is a Christopher Nolan yeah. film, there's a little bit of that, which is what I would say is what lets it down from being like a 9 or a 10. Okay. It's, yeah. And I don't want to say it's Nolan by numbers, but it definitely... Nothing about it was like, Christ, I didn't expect that which right. is what he has been able to deliver in almost every other film. He's it sounds done. like it's as close to a Nolan Bond as we're going to get anytime soon, because I know he's, oh, yeah. he's gone on record saying it's something he would love to do. Like, he grew up loving Bond films as a kid. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think he will ever do one personally, I think. No, and it's also like, how do you top the snowmobile section from the end of yeah. Inception? Like, that yeah. is his Bond masterpiece, basically. Mm. And I think the thing is, is now... Like I don't. As much as I'm trying to say, I don't want Nolan to just keep doing Nolan. I want him to be constantly exploring different elements. I do think that all of his films should explore something a bit loftier. It's even like Dunkirk manages to have a lofty concept because it's exploring this terrible sort of situation from three different points over three different layers of time, and that makes what could have just been a beach evacuation quite mm-hmm. quite interesting. And so I think, is there anything in Bond? Like, it can't introduce the fantasy of something like time or... No, you, know, you can't really have a proper a sci-fi film. element in there, yeah. can you? No. Unless and you say Moonraker is a... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it did true. It, Remake of Moonraker by Christopher <laughs> Nolan, I don't know. <laughs> but, what's, see, that's the, the, um, what's the soundtrack like? Because obviously I'm a big Hans Zimmer fan. Uh, well, it's not it's Zimmer, not him. is it? No. It's, uh, it's Goranson and... It sounds like a Nolan Zimmer soundtrack. Okay. That's, um, that's a that's, good thing, right? Yeah. See, this is it. It's like, it's easy to criticize these things because you can say like, well, why have you just done that when you could have done something different? But also, it's this fine line that I have with it where is is it Christopher Nolan operating as if he's a franchise or is this his directorial style? And like, we can talk about directors like Scorsese, right? Where I think yeah. in no the one's gonna day, No one's going to tell him, don't make a gangster film. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like in, I think in the modern day, because we've got so used to franchise-based cinema, if Scorsese was a modern filmmaker, you go, oh, he's, he's, he's just in, it's, it's the Scorsese franchise. And this is where like there is the line where it's like, is this just his style or is this him being a little bit too safe? But yeah, the soundtrack is very Zimmer-like. It does... Right. It's slightly more electronic than I'd expect from Zimmer. Zimmer's much more about sort of like those big horns and the strings making those long mm-hmm. sounds. Whereas this is more, there's little electronic elements to it that I guess brings across that very sci-fi element to it. But it also has, whereas, you know, there's the Brahms of Inception and there's the ticking clock of um, yeah, Dunkirk. Uh, this yeah. has got, weirdly, Christopher Nolan breathing into a microphone as one of its really? sort of soundscape sections. How do you know it's, it's almost <laughs> uh, Because I've listened to Christopher Nolan explain about it in a press oh, conference okay. I went I thought, to. It almost sounds similar to um, Dark, because a lot of that soundtrack is breathing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, got a, it's got a Nolan soundtrack that I know I will listen to while writing, okay. because I listen to a mm-hmm. lot of his work. You listen to yeah. a lot of heavy breathing while writing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I can't, um, I'm seeing it next week. I can't wait to see it. Yeah. And I'm, of course, there's the normal cast members. You get a little dash of Michael Caine. Branner's back. Um, 
I really am excited to see John David Washington because I recently watched Black Klansman for the first time and mm. thought that That's film and him was absolutely yeah. incredible. Yeah. So I'm a big fan of Washington. I'm actually a big fan of Robert Pattinson as well. Yeah. Um, they, this is where one of the things where I sort of like white doesn't like hit the nine or ten for me is that this feels like it's going back to Christopher Nolan from a couple of films before the most recent ones he did where he draws his characters a bit broader. They're the puzzle pieces that work to manoeuvre the plot. Whereas I think his achievement with Interstellar is like McConaughey in that feels so emotionally involved mm-hmm. and he feels a really fully realized character whereas if you think of characters in inception like Cobb and ames and arthur that they are there to move the plot around and Cobb obviously has the stuff with mal mm-hmm. that is yeah. important for his there's always a reason for someone in a nolan film to do stuff they always have a motivation but sometimes they don't always feel like fully realized people and i think tenet has that in okay. the so it's not a spoiler to say that John David Washington's character doesn't have a name in this film. And I think that's almost a suggestion to he's not there to truly be a character. He's there to move. He's almost like, like, to sound really wanky, almost like a proxy for the audience. Like you're just seeing this through him yeah. in a way, kind of. He, he, he's the hands that move the components that are required mm-hmm. for the plot. And then even Robert Pattinson's character, Neil, isn't fully drawn His out. Neil. Yeah, they've all got quite. They've all got single names. Like none of them have really got surnames or anything like that, and they're all quite standard. Like there's not. Whereas kind of like you look at Inception, and it's 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 Cobb and Ames and Arthur. They've all got slightly. You know what's um what's Ellen Page's character's name in Inception? Uh, Um, Ariadne. Yeah, which is obviously comes from the Greek myth, isn't it? Because she's the person that does the thread for Perseus through the labyrinth there's kind of not at least from what i can see there's none of that mythology here it's much more right. i guess nolan i say i think they're not there to be true characters in the way that's like they are in interstellar they are <laughs> more there to move the plot around and that's not entirely a bad thing because the plot's cool and it's obviously got lots of interesting stuff to talk about with time but yeah you're not going to come up like you can cry at the end of interstellar because it genuinely is an emotional gut punch by the time you get to there you're not getting that here and i sort of wish that he had because he's proven himself and even in dunkirk where those characters are a little bit more faceless but you carry the emotion of the situation yeah and i think especially like branner's character in that how he pulls through is really interesting and you don't quite get that here but they are still compelling leads. Like, John David Washington is incredible to watch. Yeah, Yeah, he's great. I can't wait to watch him next week. And so can everyone else, because it's out... Was it out next Wednesday, I think? 26th, I think, yeah. Yeah. Sorry for any of our US listeners that have to wait a little longer. a couple of weeks. I think it's... In my head, it's like the 13th of September. It's not too long, but yeah. Obviously, uh, stay safe. Don't don't go and and, and watch it in a packed cinema just because you're desperate to see a Christopher Nolan film. It will still be here when yeah. it's safe. But is it? Is that you your will first want to see it in the, the cinema, cinema, though, won't you? Yeah, yeah. So it was my first <laughs> trip to the cinema since, what was the last one I went to see? Sonic, I think, which would have been <laughs> February, I guess, early February. Yeah. I think, actually, yeah. Apart, So I went to see Interception, Inception last mm-hmm. week, but I think Sonic 2 was my last film at the cinema. Yeah, and Party? it was nice to be back. I can't remember what my last film was. We went to see The Lighthouse not long Dear before. When was that, though? That was like early February, maybe late January. Might, I think. It might have been that. 
Mm. I've not seen many films this year because I saw that. I saw Birds of Prey, The Lighthouse, and maybe something in January as well. But obviously we were all gearing up when lockdown kicked in to see A Quiet Place Part 2. Yes. That's not even coming out this year anymore for as far as I'm aware. No. So just to recap, is it in your... Definitely not in your top three Nolan films. Not in my top three. Top but it's, five? Is it sneak. top five? It could sneak into the into the top five. It might, because... Yeah. Do you feel like it's... <laughs> he's um, got one... so many good films. This is, <laughs> the, well, this is the thing, is I think Christopher Nolan's got, for me, he's got like these three that are such a beacon of what he can do yeah. that I think really represents his filmmaking. And when, when I came out, I said to Cardi, like, it's not top shelf Nolan. It's like, it, but it's a good film. It's still yeah, a very, very, very good film. Like it may sound his like middle a bit tier of a downer. Is better than the anything. Most. Yeah. That, like uh, the the conclusion to my review is like it doesn't matter that it's not Christopher Nolan's masterpiece because it's still ahead of so many tentpole movies. And it just reminds you that I everybody knows that listens to this podcast that I love the Marvel films that I love all of that interconnected universe that they've built. Mm-hmm. There's still something to be said about going into a cinema where you don't know what's going to happen, you don't know yep. what any of these characters are capable of, and at the end of it, you sort of you can sit with it in your thoughts because there is a lot to think about. Uh, like I took nine pages of notes watching this film. This is <laughs> it's a complicated Nolan film, but it's done. Yeah. It's done, and like I like that about yep. it. Do you think they, it's they one stand on their own? from repeat viewings you'll get more like inception the prestige those sort of ones like on repeat viewings you're seeing things is it got that sort of vibe to it Would you... so i am interested to see it again because i think the thing i find with inception that i think is so good is i think it's really clean and it explains very very simply in its even pretty much in like the first act to do with dreaming it mm. explains how that system works and there was never at one point in that first watch i don't this isn't a brag but i never felt lost in that film i think it mm-hmm. is so well at communicating its premise tenet isn't there is a little bit towards the end where i was like why exactly are they working with time in this manner i don't quite mm-hmm. understand why they'd want to do this and so a repeat viewing might help me get more out of that and might clear that up but i think to a degree that's a fault of the film like yeah, yeah. he has proven that he can really clearly work with a big ambitious concept and it's clean and he did that nice. with with dunkirk he did it with inception you know yeah. it, even the prestige i suppose has got that element to it um so it's not quite that but yeah i am excited to see it again knowing what i already know i can't wait to watch and i'm sure in a few weeks time a couple weeks time whenever we decide to do it we'll do a little bit of a spoiler talk about it because i'm sure there's lots to talk about and theorize from one entertainment juggernaut to another me well it could be you or it could be peaky blinders mastermind which you reviewed this week i did review the peaky blinders mastermind game which is yet again another media project that plays with time in interesting Mm. ways which is Uh, not what the television show does I've never no. seen an episode of Piggy Blinders um, I, ever. I watched a bit in preparation for this review. Uh, <laughs> it's, a lot of Nolan actors in it, right? Yeah, you've got uh, Murphy and you've got Hardy. You've got yeah. uh, mm-hmm. no, Sam Neill's not in a um, Nolan film, though, no, and that's a shame. Uh, <laughs> Sam, Sam Neill's good in Peaky Blinders as well. He's got a, he's got a he's mad Irish, accent. Irish accent going on, I'll tell you that. Um, yeah. But yeah, the game... It's not, it's not as mad as uh, Hardy's accent. Like, you can barely fucking <laughs> understand what Hardy's saying in Peaky Blinders. He loves Blinders. doing that, though, doesn't he? Yeah. 
Um, thankfully, he's actually um, Tom Hardy's narrating the Tottenham Hotspur documentary coming to Amazon <laughs> in a week's time, and he's just doing his normal London voice, so everyone can understand. Is he a Spurs it. fan? I don't. I don't know if he is. I've never seen him listed as one. I've never seen him at right. a game. I'll tell you <laughs> that. Is there a list? <laughs> <laughs> but Kenneth Branagh's a big Spurs fan. He's he oh. narrates our intro video when we uh, before the match. So there you go. Links everywhere. There you go. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Peaky Blinders: The Mastermind is oh, it's pretty much as bang average a game as you could play. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, it's not a ringing endorsement. I gave it a six out of ten because it is okay, and on our scale, that means okay. It's it's set before season one of Peaky Blinders, so you don't really need to have any knowledge of the series. You just need to know it's about a gang in the small heath area of Birmingham in 1919, so just after World War One, And, yeah, it's just about... It's like a little self-contained story that... It's, it's a fine story. It's not going to surprise you in any ways, but it's basically there just to, like, glue together its levels, and you've got ten levels that are kind of... They get good towards the end. They're like puzzle box levels where, basically, you control individual members of the gang one by one, so you want to get them... Say you want to... You've got Finn, who's the child of the gang. So he can crawl through gaps, which other characters can't get through. And say he gets to a point after crawling through that gap, and there's just a locked door in his way. So then you need to... What you need to do is use the left trigger. I was playing on PlayStation. I don't know what it would be on everything else, but you do that to rewind time right. back to the start to control another one of the characters to get them in a position where they can say pull a lever to open that door for Finn then you'd switch back to him he can get through that gap so it's basically just moving these pieces around these levels to try and get to the right. end objective of each level the problem is it so uh, towards the last two levels it gets genuinely fun and quite challenging like you're having to pull these different characters at the same time in different places and think about what you're doing to get it done in time because you there is a time limit to each level but for the first few hours of the game it limits you to about two or three characters at a level as opposed to all six of them and you're just it's just fairly straightforward and there's not really much fun mm. to be had which is a shame but I yeah. watched your review, Fury, which, which is very good, Cardi um, but the one thing that I found about it is and watching all these characters like pole levers and mm-hmm. scorpion things, that's not really what Peaky Blinders is about, for as far as I can no. see. Like I've watched probably three seasons of that show, and I I absolutely understand that like it's coming from a company that doesn't have the money to make it like a mafia style open world no. Birmingham where you're blowing up bars and stuff like that. But I would have thought something more like a Empire Management game where you were running kind of a criminal underworld. So that would, would have... be more interesting than yeah just opening a few doors or using a character distract a guard so you can steal some champagne from the back of a cart for a party it's not really <laughs> what they is that know. something that actually happens that's the first level spoilers is right. you're preparing for a party so you're stealing some champagne off the gilroys um wow. but at any point in it do you get to use the razor blade in the in the hat yes you do good so arthur <laughs> is a character who can beat up uh, other characters right. not that that's satisfying you literally just walk up to them press x and it does it so like <laughs> yeah, there's no real challenge to it but you do get that animation um it's just yeah it gets like i said it gets quite fun towards the end it just 
takes too long to get there and by the time you're having fun it's suddenly just over which is a shame mm-hmm. i feel like they've got a good so it's by future lab the guys who did the velocity games and i feel like they've got an idea here they just like if they were to do a sequel or use these mechanics for a different property i feel like they could do some interesting stuff with it it's just they never really evolved the ideas enough in this one that, like yeah it's just i think i think you I was just right a little bit with... bored yeah, I think you're right. Find a different property. Mm. And cuz that idea of like having to sync up multiple timelines and and, yeah. and sort of use that it, it almost as if it's like Premiere Pro the video game. It is a bit like that cuz you have the timeline <laughs> along the bottom with different colored, mm. yeah, lines. Uh, and so like finding that and like it it sounds like it's it's primed for a heist game where you're mm-hmm. setting up all the people like have you got your lock lock So there is one in- yeah, there is a lockpick. There is one or two levels, and towards the end you do get more of that. And mm. there is one level in the middle that's quite good where you have to you have to break into a prison, so it's kind of semi like a heist. And yeah, but you're still only limited to three characters at that point. And I just wish, I wish you had all six of them for most of the time because mm-hmm. then it becomes complex. I think my main problem with the game is it's just not challenging enough to be fun. Yeah. But yeah, oh, wow. you, know, you know, check it out if you want. It's out on a PlayStation, Xbox, Switch, and it's cheap as well, isn't it? It's not. It's only not like expensive. fifteen to twenty pounds, I think. So it's you know, it'll take you about four or five hours to finish. There's a few collectibles. Uh, it's an easy platinum. I've looked at that. So Dale, if you're listening, I know you are. Uh, maybe it's one for you. <laughs> it'll be interesting to see if people who are big fans of the show go in blind, expecting something else. Peaky blind. Um, well, yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Oh dear. <laughs> yeah, it's absolutely fine. So yeah, it's okay. Let's all flock to that, or not. <laughs> um, one of the big surprises this week was well, I didn't really know anything about it, but a trailer for Black Myth Wukong. I think that's how you pronounce yeah. it. Yeah, I don't out. think anybody knew about it. It just, no, it just dropped out of nowhere. Yeah. And well, on our site anyway, it's done two million views in twenty-four hours, which is insane. It sound like the stats this morning. It was like. How many two hundred odd million views in China or something on this trailer? Yeah, on oh, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it Billy Billy their version of um, YouTube? Because obviously they can't. There's yeah. a lot of laws in laws. Yeah, <laughs> dictating whether they can use Westernized uh, websites and stuff like that. But yeah, their social media for video streaming has done an absurd amount of views on this. Uh, and yeah, it's a what appears to be a kind of souls likey um, melee. Uh, action game from a chinese studio that we haven't really ever heard of before Hmm. but it's got at least from the third this is a 13 minute trailer so it's big (laughs) Um, and i think it it looks like it's been put out there to prove what they can do Mm -hmm. Um, but it's got the production values of kind of like a very large scale american developer beautiful yeah yeah um so yeah it's kind of as i say slightly souls likey but it's a lot more I wouldn't necessarily say colourful, but it looks a lot more vibrant than it's not got that grim, dark gothicness of a of mm-hmm. a Dark Souls game. And it, I think I'm right in saying, Cardi, that it's been confirmed now that it is based on Journey to the West, isn't it? It must. Well, yeah, yeah. It, like it you play be. as Monkey, like the yeah. Monkey King, as mm-hmm. Wukong, from, yeah. And yeah. you'd expect that to not be as dark as a Souls game because they are inherently kind of comic 
tales. I mean, if you don't know anything about a children, the West, aren't they? Right? As, yeah. Like it's a common thing you tell to your children. Yeah. Like if you don't know anything about Journey to the West, it's a 16th century Chinese novel. So you <laughs> may not know anything about it, but uh, it's one of the most famous pieces of like Eastern literature ever mm-hmm. written, and like the stories have popped up in everything. Like even Overwatch has Journey to the West skins. You've got Wukong mm-hmm. for Winston, for yeah, example. Yeah. And, um, you know, if you you might have actually played the story of it in Enslaved without realising you were playing Journey yeah. to the West, but yeah, Ninja Theory's game from, when would that be, like, 2009, maybe? Ten, Something yeah, like, roughly. Um, with Andy Serkis as Monkey in it. Um, <laughs> but you don't get to play Andy Serkis in this. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's it's it looks like it's got that that challenge that a Souls-like has got. Probably, maybe not, as, not quite as difficult, but it certainly relies hide. a lot on... Uh, yeah yeah well, i mean it would definitely be played by a lot more people if it's not that <laughs> punishing but um he, you, you play as monkey he's got like this big staff there's lots of kind of wushu inspired i get is it wushu inspired if it literally comes from the country that i don't, I don't know <laughs> um sort of fight moves lots of spinning of the stick uh all the kind of the the kinetic energy you'd expect from a man-sized monkey character mm-hmm. <laughs> um it looks like you can kind of steal enemies from other characters sorry, sorry steal weapons from other enemies and use them against big bosses um it's got like beautiful fur effects and i think the thing that interested me most is that you can actually transform wukong into a flying insect to kind of stealth past enemies um, which is something that I wish you could do in Dark Souls because the amount of fucking times I'm trying to get somewhere and you just get <laughs> mobbed by people and like that five minute run is over because you got mobbed. Um, so yeah, it's got. I think it's got a lot going for it. I don't think the studio is very big, but they are actively looking for new people to yeah, join I think, them. Is it only currently like thirty people or something? It, yeah, out? it's it, it's small. It's, and it's insane. Like God I think knows. they're looking for maybe another thirteen or fourteen people to join them. Mm-hmm. I get the impression with the amount of stuff that the amount of attention that has been drawn to it it wouldn't surprise me if a western publisher reaches out to them fairly soon and offers them a deal yeah and if they were to take that that could potentially lead to much more people working on it um but the we've seen a it's not a tweet because it's china but an equivalent social media <laughs> post from what we think is the creative director talking about how i think he's quite humbled by the response that it's had didn't mm-hmm. quite expect it to go far but they wanted to show it to to demonstrate their chops and he nitpicks very much a lot of the things like oh i know that the frame rate wasn't right here and the water <laughs> didn't flow quite right here and it's like dude your game looks amazing yeah, and it's, it's just yeah. a proof in, of concept more than anything I yeah mean, and in general kind of china doesn't have the highest reputation for kind of video games it tends to be a lot of mobile games and smaller mm-hmm. kind of budget projects and when we think of eastern development we tend to think to korea and to to japan but this is a game that could be a huge breaking point for their industry like if it is as successful as this initial taste who knows when we'll see it uh yeah i think it's years away yeah yeah yeah. but i'm looking forward to it my only criticism is i wish and i never know if i'm pronouncing this right i wish that it was zubaji instead of wukong and that we were playing as a giant pig rather yeah, than a monkey yeah. just because that would be funny who knows might like, they there. might be players might be in the game I imagine yeah. if it's a co-op game and you get to play as all three of the helpers I think the I third one's a that. water buffalo so that would be good mm. as well yeah yeah. I'm all, more of that please uh, is what I say there you go <laughs> 
the other big trailer that dropped this week was the first teaser for Call of Duty Cold War. Yes. Well, Call of and Duty Black Ops Cold War. But everyone's just going to call it Cold War. So. Of course. Yeah. You were super excited by this card. I um Just that trailer did a lot for me because I'm big into my Cold War. Like It was my favourite thing at school. Like, I was always going to go on and do history at university, but then I thought... I'm going to do something more practical that might lead to a career. So that's what I did. Um, but yeah, I love this whole period of history and I'm judging by it. They're going, they're going all in on it's a cold war aspect rather than this is, you know, your traditional war sort of game. And I am interested to see what that means for the actual gameplay because obviously cold, uh, obviously call of duty is traditionally, Shoot! 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 <laughs> so can I make a prediction, Cardi? Yes, I don't think it's going to be all that different, mate. It's no, no, no. I, yeah, <laughs> I, 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 I wouldn't be surprised. But I'm also because they're also heavily leaning on to. I don't know if you watched the trailer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have yes. We'll get the full reveal next week with actual gameplay. It looks like, but um, there were. I'm intrigued to see if they're almost modernising it in a way because it's very much almost a recap of the Cold War and then it says know your history I don't know if they're going to do more like playing on the Cold War is happening again now or that it just never ended because there is the argument that it never actually ended (laughs) modern Cold Warfare Mm. I mean yeah to to swing back to our friend Mr Nolan I would actually really like the idea of uh, the something sciencey that has been keeping the Cold War going Mm -hmm. and this is about a black ops unit that is trying to break that hold. Yeah. Like, I like the idea of an espionage based. Call- like, Call of Duty has always had, like, the odd espionage mission. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I'd like the idea of one that goes full on and it's not just you against other militaries, be they terrorist forces or, uh, or big nations. I like the idea of counterintelligence blocks kind of battling out against each other because that means that we get more interesting kind of battlegrounds right like the maps would have to be something that wasn't just a big russian field to run through part of me hopes it will just play on all the big events of the cold war though and you're for some reason involved in all of them like the bay of pigs in cuba or maybe maybe one mission you play as gary powers and you're shot down uh by Mm. the soviets I don't know. Who knows? This is my pitch for a Cold War game. Mm. Um, and then U2 starts playing, because <laughs> why not? I think the thing I'd like, like going back to, to that slightly Nolan-ish idea as well, which, and actually this is more of a Fincher thing, you know how the first Black Ops was, you know, it was Fight Club, wasn't it? But done as Call of Duty, sort of <laughs> the way it had its, uh, is it Reznikov, the, the kind of twisty stuff at the end? Yes. The Gary yes. Oldman's character. Like, I'd like it to do something like that, because... I'm not the biggest fan of Treyarch's stuff. Like, I think like anything after Black Ops One mm, for me. Like, I've always been an Infinity War guy, but I think Black Ops had an interesting yeah, ground to explore there. The and I think the the Cold War is so it's such a problematic war to document because so much of it is shadowy. And there's you know yeah. years and years after you get new as as documents become declassified and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You get new information. I like the idea of, especially with that, you for you know know your history idea. Trying to find something that allows them to bring an interesting fictitious element to it, yeah, which avoids them from being too offensive to actual veterans of the Cold War, 
and mm-hmm. do their own thing. Like, I, feel I think like there is interesting ground. There were theories that it's going to be like a sleeper agent sort of thing that you mm-hmm. will... I know kind of Black Ops 1 had that sort of vibe to it, but I do like that whole idea of being a sleeper agent. It's just, yeah, my big question is where does the conflict come in a large I mean mm. there's lots of little battles in the Cold War but none of them are really none of them were directly fought between the USSR and no, no. the USA they're all you know proxy wars <laughs> basically um, mm-hmm. and a space race maybe it'll be a space race game but um, will we get to launch Sputnik that's just come to my mind that'd be <laughs> fun wouldn't it uh, do you think but, they'll get in a famous person to be the villain again <laughs> Well, did Branner do a good enough job in uh, Tenet? Oh, Get no. Him in? Oh, fuck. His, his, voice, his, his accent. Has he not got Tenet a good Russian good. accent? No. No. Um, and yeah, on top of that, I'm just intrigued to see how Warzone adapts in line with mm. this. Yeah. Like, is there going to be in-game events? And then once it comes out, do all the Warzone weapons change to Cold Era, Cold War era weapons? Yeah, I'd love that. Because, like, <laughs> I'm... Like as much as I like, I love Warzone. I think Warzone's cracking, and I think like it, those modern guns are brilliant. But there is something about going back and playing the World War Two Call of Duties and the rattle of those yeah. older weapons. And I know that we'd we'd gone on quite a bit by the time we get to the Cold War. Like weapons technology has advanced like yeah. almost by necessity because of the Cold War. Um, but like I like using older guns in games, so I would like. I think there's so much that you could do with the threat of nuclear holocaust in a war zone premise Mm -hmm. like there's plenty of of work that i'd like to see happen there so yeah i'm and the idea that we know that it's carrying on right and that they've said that the idea is is to link their premium products with war zone of which presumably cold war is that premium product i'm just very happy to be excited because it's been a long time that i've since i've been genuinely excited for the next call of duty last year i was lukewarm on it like those bits that I really love, bits I really didn't. But this this time, I'm I'm well up for it, and I think that's mainly because I spent most of my year playing Warzone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think in like this Call of Duty really reinvigorated the elements that I love about this series, and I've like, I've always because I also think Infinite Warfare is brilliant. Like I've stood by Infinity Ward, mm. and I think they're great. Um, I, I'm less interested in Treyarch's work, but I am interested in the fact that. It's not just Treyarch this time. It, Raven Software, who have traditionally been over dozens of Call of Duty games now, I think like a support studio, they are now considered like the code developer of this. Mm-hmm. So I'm interested to see what they bring to it. I don't know if anybody is working there who was working back in the old days of Raven, but they made like Soldier of Fortune, which is quite an interesting first-person shooter and yeah. bringing that to it if any of those people are still around would be interesting i think it's next wednesday we get the full reveal so mm-hmm. i'm very excited see i just want a good campaign because i thought modern mm-hmm. warfare campaign i thought it was brilliant i really mm-hmm. enjoyed it i thought that it had good tempo just the right length um and like because i replayed modern warfare remaster and then modern warfare 2 remaster and you forget how good those single oh, player so campaigns good. are uh, and I felt like that the modern warfare was was back on par with that, so I really hope that Cold War delivers on that. But we yes. will see. Alrighty, that's it for this week's news. Now on to the endless search. Inside it's a UK IGN crew. Yeah, yeah, and the ones and twos. We got the 
DM's gonna play for you. Inside, I got a question for you. Hold tight, the DJ, we're coming through. Yeah, yeah, on the ones and twos. We got the game's gonna play for you. Inside, I got a question for you. Is it in the search? This week's Endless Search has been submitted to us by TK Hayden from Texas. Uh, and he's been on a bit of a Star Wars kick recently, so he submitted a Star Wars theme version of Go On, Name God. Mm. This could be hard, because there's people like me who know Star Wars, but then there's people that really, really know Star Wars. <laughs> what I can say, Cardi, is I'm so fucking pleased that we're not. it's not either me or you against Jesse, because that would uh, yeah, be... He, he knows, like, Jesse the, reads the, the Expanded depths. Universe, so... Oh, really? Yeah. Well... Let's see how we get on. Now, <laughs> I have had to change his uh, five questions slightly because, Cardi, you did start reading it, so you know what the first one is. I so did I've not changed the first that one. one. But the good news is the first one we did do a few weeks ago, so that's ah, fine. Okay. It needs to be replaced anyway. Also, that is by far and away the easiest one, <laughs> um, apart from the one that I've replaced it with. So there are five questions, um, and as you know, I will be asking one of you to name as many of the answers as possible. Um, who would like to go first? Oh, do you know what, Matt? You can go first. Okay. What's the subject? Uh, so it's all Star Wars. The yeah. first question is, there were 16 named Ewoks in the credits oh for Return God. of the Jedi. <laughs> and this is the easiest yeah. one. This is the easy one. How many can you name? One. Uh, like literally one. I only know one of them. Come on, you must have had the figures. No. I uh, see. I think I could have done four. Who who fucking liked the Ewoks? Oh, Even that, as a child, I was not taken in by Ewoks. Right. I was a droids kid. As a are you, kid. are you sticking with one? Yeah, Matt. one is all. Like I genuinely can only do one. I know one uh... of them. <laughs> Cardi. I mean, I'm going to have to just try and risk two, aren't I? <laughs> uh, Are you saying two? Yeah, I'll go, I'll go two. Matt? Is, go on now. <laughs> <laughs> what bluff that would have been if I could name all 16. <laughs> well, we'll have Wicket. <laughs> oh, very good. It's good. Are they all going to be like... Are they all just odd names or do some of them have... Like, Jeff. <laughs> yeah. They're all, Neil. They're all um, <laughs> pretty odd names. So, like... Oh, see, there was one of the figures that was the chief. What's the chief's name? Chief of the Ewoks. Remember? They don't speak. They just make noises, don't they? Okay, let's let's go off the forest theme. Let's say there's one called Twig. <laughs> I, I probably wouldn't have done that. <laughs> Are they no. all cricket-themed? Is there one... Um, <laughs> Cover drive. <laughs> if, if you were a bird and you liked making noise, you'd be a... Oh, what? Tweet? <laughs> almost another... What? What's another word for... What's the noise squall? that a bird... What? A squall, is it? A, a, a little a bird. Is it? Yeah. Isn't a squall a, like a meteorology thing? It's no. wind, isn't it? A squall. Like a storm. Don't birds squall? Like S-Q-W... <laughs> Have I made up a word? Anyway. <laughs> look that up. Uh, Matt, yeah. you get one point. For Wicket. I knew Wicket. So here are the others. So Wicket, easy. Yeah. Chief Chirper. I would have accepted Chirper. Logray. Tebow and Paplu. Those are the ones I could have probably got. What? Now, and then yeah. it goes, uh, Nicky, Nippet, 
Ricky. Graf. Kazakh. Rabin. Kazak. Leektar. Tokat. Nanta. And Flitchy. Wow. Genuinely, none of them I would have known. Yeah, could have. Right. I don't, I don't feel bad. Noises. It's not like one of those where I'm like, oh, how did I get that? But this could be, go horribly for us, Matthew. Right. Oh. One point to Matt. Well done. <laughs> well done. Uh, Great. Question two. Uh, to you, Cardi. Yeah. There are seven modern forms of lightsaber combat. How many can you name? What <laughs> oh, the fuck off? <laughs> <laughs> These aren't even in the films. How are it? I know my Star Wars films. Do you um, want to name can, it? Can we phone a friend? <laughs> I, can, I, can, I can go one. All right. Matt. Six. <laughs> doesn't matter, You're going does it? For six. <laughs> I was going to say. You, you actually going for six? It doesn't matter. We None of us know any of them, so it's always going to be a bust. Uh, okay, name them. <laughs> I, I, I couldn't even do one. So. Go on then. I don't, like, literally, the only things I'd know is like from, I think, in the Jedi Knight games, it's like, Heavy, medium, and light, which I presume are not them at all. So that's, this that's is a bust. Not the case. There we go. All right. Uh, the actual answers are Shicho, Makashi, Suresu, Ataru, Shien, Diman, and Duo. Come you're, on, you're why did you not like that? How many would you got? I like. Right, I, you <laughs> will, with some guesses, you might be able to get some of these following okay, answers. Okay. If they're in the films, I might have a shot. Uh, so this is to you, Matt. There are 12 places where kyber crystals have been found. How many can you name? And certainly, I've heard of three of these, four of these. It's like what? Well, and it's, 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 it's is there any parameters here? Like planets, uh, planets. Yeah, but I don't. Not that this is going to help me, but like, is this expanded universe original expanded universe? Is this post the wiping of the canon expanded universe? I don't. Hang on, I'm, well, uh, I'll guess okay. three though. I'll try three. I don't know. Look, I didn't come up with this quiz. I'll ask TK. It's in madness. You're going, madness. You're going three. I think <laughs> I'll I could, try three. I think I could have maybe done two. Um, I want you to name three. Okay. Um, so so. Uh, okay. And one is. I, I was going to give you a... on a game. <laughs> so one is in the movies for sure. I think two are in the movies. One is from one of the animated things series. Who watches them? I do. <laughs> a, lot, a lot of people. <laughs> Go on, name, name, I know name they're three. very popular. Name three. Uh, I know. I know I'm Why sure none one? of these are. <laughs> uh, Dagobah? No. No. There yes. we go. Yavin 4? No. <laughs> also no. I was going to have Ilum because that's in the game. Correct. There we go. Oh, is Ilum in uh, where you get them in thingy? Um in the Fallen Order. Game. Fallen Order, yeah. yeah. Also, um, oh, I've gone completely blank. What's the fiery one? The lava planet. Mustafar? The, is does that Mustafar? have one? 
the Mustafa system. I don't know if they have. No, that's not in there. Tattooing, that's in there. Oh, do they have one? Dantooine, that's in there. Uh, Lafal from uh, Oh, what Rebels. about Crate? Do they have them? No. Oh, I thought they had them. Oh, well. No. <laughs> right, currently 2-1 to you, Cardi. It would have been hard enough just to name, like, Star Wars planets. Could have done that. <laughs> well... <laughs> Good job you've said that, because guess what's coming up oh, shortly? No. <laughs> Question number four to Cardi. There have been seven named owners of the Darksaber in Star Wars canon. Well, you know one of them, surely. God. Well, Hopefully. I know what his fucking actor's name is. <laughs> oh. We've, we've written so much about it on site. I've not written about it. I've not oh. written anything about the Mandalorian. How many can you name? What's his name? There's going to be a Darth in there, isn't there? It might be. How do you just play it safe with one? Let's go one. Okay. Matt. Go on, name him. Oh, you're an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> What's his what? name? I can hardly say Giancarlo Esposito, can I? That's I know, not that's his what, name. He's, <laughs> I'm sure he's general something. He, uh, he shares uh, the moniker with somebody from A New Hope. Oh, he is. What, is he a moth? moth? He's a moth, he is a isn't moth. he? He is. Yeah. Moth, but what's his name? That's the key bit, isn't it? That is the key. Bit. <laughs> yes, that what is, is his the name. Key bit. <laughs> oh, Jesus! Right, I'm just gonna because it's expanding the universe. I'm gonna say, I'm just gonna take a guess on a name. Or it doesn't. You didn't have to go with him. You could go with yeah, somebody exactly. else. Exactly. I'm like, gonna there's, go. There's for another a recognizable character. character in there. I'm gonna ugh, see. I've got a couple on my mind, but I don't know which one to plot for. There's there's two others that I recognize. I'm gonna go. And say that this guy had one. Darth Tyrannus. Incorrect. Oh, the other one was going to be Thrawn. I don't know a lot about him. I don't um, think Thrawn would have it. I don't he, know. Because he's um, Navy, isn't he? He's I literally not... know his name. <laughs> so, uh, Moff Gideon oh, is yes, the character yeah. from mm. um, Mandalorian. Uh, and then he's got Maul in here. I assume that's Darth Maul. Oh. Um, and then Sabine from Rebels also. I think that's that Sabine. Oh. There you go. There we go. The things you you never knew. <laughs> Last question. To all. What a thriller, eh? There are millions of planets in Star Wars. <laughs> we could be here a while. Name them. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's not. No. Uh, but only 58 of them start with the letter C. I don't know why. C. C. Would you like to name them? Well, it's Matt first. Yeah. Um, I can do one. I'm just trying to find... Uh, so I've got a, an Excel sheet of all of the different names. Well, you you've definitely know... I know uh, one. Like, I can, well, can definitely do one. But also, another one was mentioned quite recently. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. No, that one wasn't... Was it? I can't remember. There is... I don't like, know if some of them are C or Ks. That's my problem. Mm. 
You're going one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, two. You're you're looking to the side, Cardi. As if you're I'm, looking I'm at not, the screen. I'm not cheating at this game. Go on, go on name them. I can't. Like, I know one. See, I know one. one's not going to count. Well, well I'm going to have crate because I said it. Earlier. Correct. That was to see. There's another one that I thought was much much easier than that. I'm just trying to say, pal. You're prompting. Well, if he doesn't know what it is, then he doesn't know what it is. I'll get there. I've got a feeling they must be in the films. They are in the films. I don't know if this counts as the planet or not, because by the sounds of it, it shouldn't. Um, Have a quick think. Say it, coward. (laughs) (laughs) I would have only got these two. No, I'm pretty sure the planet's called something else. <laughs> I think this one's a K as well, the other one I've got. I'm just going to have to give up, aren't I? It's Why don't you say it, if you don't know? Well, I was going to go Cloud City, but I'm pretty sure the planet's Bespin. So, yeah, that, yeah. that is correct. What, what's I was just trying to think of Coruscant, mate. Coruscant. I didn't know if yeah. that was a city as well. Yeah, no. Coruscant, Coruscant uh, is a planet. And the other one it? I was thinking a... of was Camino, but that's a K, I'm pretty yeah. sure. Uh, let's have a look. Camino would not have that's uh, a K, isn't it? happened. But yes, it Coruscant is the yet. one. <laughs> so that thrilling saga. Oh, yeah, what, a, what an absolute <laughs> event. Ended what? with a win for Matt. Well done. Three. <laughs> Versus two. That was, this is the hollowest victory. Uh, please, if you have any endless search quizzes that you can send in that are slightly easier, that would be much appreciated. It's IGN underscore UK feedback at IGN.com. Mm-hmm. Now, let's move on to your feedback. And I believe, Matt, you've got the first piece of feedback. Uh, yeah, I have a... Uh... Uh, a piece in from Barnaby Rowe, who I believe is a repeat uh, emailer. I think we've offender. had. I'm not saying he's an offender, um, but yeah, this was a, a podcast that I wasn't on, right? Um, uh, he says, "Hey guys, I'm the dumbass that bought Fire Emblem Three Houses <laughs> on what I had mistakenly thought was a strong recommendation from Joe. I believe for anybody that hasn't listened to that episode, the idea was is that he's been listening to the back catalogue of episodes." Mm. got to a preview an episode where joe previewed fire emblem yeah uh, from the good half of fire emblem and then so um paul barnaby went out and bought it because he thought that was a review not a preview and fire <laughs> emblem doesn't have the best latter half of the game i would agree um so barnaby says i doubt any of you were waiting with bated breath for an update but here it is nonetheless what a shite game <laughs> 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 i played Thorough a fair review. few hours <laughs> played a fair few hours of it before realizing it wasn't going to get any better so to me this suggests that barnaby might if he's only done a fair few hours i'm gonna guess he didn't get to the middle bit where it actually has a really really good central moment yeah. um but then it gets bad after that <laughs> um so if you didn't like it before you definitely wouldn't have liked it after there's only there's only so many irritating conversations with petulant whiny students <laughs> i can take before enough is enough I have since deleted the game and taken the 50 quid loss as, as a life lesson in not making impulsive purchases. A lesson I apparently forgot when it came to <laughs> Ghost of Tsushima. Yet another pile of shite. But hey, what can you do? At least Control AWE should be good. You mm-hmm. hope. You'd hope. Mm-hmm. I, I, um, I quite like Ghost. I know, Matt, you're not a big fan of Ghost. 
I, 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 I don't think I'd say it was a pile of shite though. No, I just no. think it's not anywhere near as ambitious as it should be. Yeah. No, I, I played it for a few hours and it just didn't grab me mm-hmm. at it's, all. It's a for me, it's a mid two thousands Ubisoft open world game. But hey ho, we're not here to talk about that. <laughs> um, what's the most impulsive purchases you guys have made that you almost immediately regretted? Cheers for the brilliant podcast every week, especially Joe. All right, thanks. Well, Barnaby. he's the one that gave a bad recommendation. <laughs> I think it's because Joe normally gets a bit of flack. You know, people say, uh, I like everyone okay, except Joe. So we're, we're, this is a balance. getting a bit bad. Right. Yeah, I see, yeah. that, that works. All the best from Barnaby. Impulsive purchases, chaps. What we got? I, I tend to research my purchases. I'm not very impulsive yeah. when it comes to... Um, I do what I do have slight regrets with my so about probably with about four years ago now I bought a nice new 4K TV but it didn't come with HDR because at the time I was like mm. I don't need it I kind of wished that now I'd done it just so I have the option because I keep looking at being like I could do with an HDR TV but at the same time I only got this one a few years ago and it is very good still so mm-hmm. what have you got yeah. Cardi I've got a Sony Bravia. 4K. Okay. So it's you not. It's splashed out a bit. It was like six hundred quid or so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. I spent my time and, but at the time, yeah, I, I kind of made the judgment. I don't need HDR because I think even back then HDR added a good couple hundred on. Like, because mm. it's only the brand new models had it. But yeah, I kind of wish, wish I'd. Yeah, that. I think for my next one, it'll be a, a wait until I've got the budget to. I, I'll go all out OLEDs like well, LG. That's it. You have mm-hmm. to, I think, because mm-hmm. like if you buy like, even like the mid tier one, so like the one we've got in the living room, that's got HDR, but the effect is it's obviously not the best it can be, so it's shy, and so I switch it off. Mm-hmm. Whereas we've got a new telly, which is like a nice Samsung, yeah. and that the, the OLED, the difference is like night and day. Mm-hmm. So yeah. maybe in a couple of that. years, maybe I'll mm-hmm. maybe I'll think about it. Um, not necessarily an impulsive purchase, but more in line with games was, I can remember as a kid, um, I used to go with my dad to kind of like, I don't know if you've ever been to like a computer market, I guess like a, you know, um, so we went there and there used to be a guy with a store that sold, um, video games. He was kind of like the only games bit out of largely a hardware section. And, um, I can remember buying the Terminator 3 video game from him and getting that back and, playing that for about 40 minutes before realizing it was absolutely irredeemable garbage mm-hmm. but obviously how do you take something back when the computer market is only there once a month so uh, yeah. what i did was is i took it back to a game store this is where i confess my sins <sighs> and told them that my auntie had bought it but she'd lost the receipt could i trade it in i traded it in for medal of honor rising sun yes you that is monster that is awful <laughs> that is I want you to write a letter of apology to game. So uh, <laughs> I haven't, I have don't have a game story, but I did buy an inflatable kayak. Um, <laughs> well, it was this summer. Um, like after being on holiday, uh, everybody was out on inflatable paddleboards and kayaks, and I saw a cheap one. I thought, go for that. Uh, bought it. Went out on the sea with my five-year-old boy, and it basically deflated in the middle and ended up being like a like an inverted <laughs> triangle. Uh, at which point I was like, shit, get him out, get him out. So <laughs> Not ideal. Uh, I did take it back. I got money back, but still, that was mm. one of those things. I, I had these grand visions of life on the waves, yeah. and it didn't really work out. I suppose I bought like the um, like NES Classic Mini 
maybe played that for about 20 minutes. Oh, God, yeah, the SNES, SNES <laughs> classic. Yes, absolutely. I, same thing. I thought, Scarlet, my daughter, let's play this. I love these games. And you realise that they're just not interesting to play as a 10-year-old. <laughs> well, I think she's probably eight at the time or something. Yeah. Uh, right, so I have a piece of feedback from, uh, I don't know if this is this person's name, Apollo Dingo? Is that really yeah. their name? It's the name right. they they gave. I mean, if it is, very well done. Fair that's... enough. Yeah. Uh, he says, or she says, I think you guys are sleeping on Corpo Path for Cyberpunk. Specifically, the standard trope in many Cyberpunk uh, books is that you have an ex-Corpo who is fighting for justice and literally got terminated from the company because they chose to help someone over the interests of the corporation. If you glance at the Shadowrun stories, usually the group doing the run... Are composed, are composed of an ex-corpo, a nomad, uh, and typically a street kid. Those same tropes show up in William Gibson too. So I don't really know that much about cyberpunk law at all. Mm. Um, when you literally have to go and do an assault to a corporate headquarters, you really need that corpo skill set. P.S. Check out Richard K. Morgan's Thin Air because basically the most badass cyberpunk book starring an ex-corpo ever. Much better than Altered Carbon 2. I mean, it wouldn't take a lot to be better than Altered Carbon, would it? I'd agree, Matthew. A lot of people like Altered Carbon. I don't understand. Bollocks. Bollocks. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I've never heard of uh, Thinner. No. Joe is definitely up for Corpo, though. Yeah, Joe Joe wants Corpo, mainly because it... Thinks it, he thinks it parallels Elijah Wood's journey in Green Street. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> uh, I, I recognise the, the traits that they can bring to a group, but uh, my heart's a street kid, I think. You're just so anti-corpo, aren't you, Matt? At heart. I hate him. Hate yeah. him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still a nomad boy, I think, but I, I'm, I'm willing, oh, yeah. to, willing to think about it. Uh, so I, I've not actually watched any of the stuff in Cyberpunk, so I'm hoping to go in blind. Oh, that's probably a good way of doing it. Uh, yeah. I was going to do that, but they do keep revealing very interesting things. So, well, I've yeah. never really played that much of a CD Projekt Red game. Never played any of the Witcher games or anything like that. So uh, I don't know whether I'm going to like it. I, I also, I think the Witch is probably actually not really a gauge as to what Cyberpunk would be like. I think it's a gauge for the quality bar, but yeah. I think they'll be very different RPGs. Yeah, if you enjoyed like Deus Ex, that's probably closer. Yeah, like certainly the stuff that I've... I think, so I think the last thing I probably saw was either a Gamescom or E3 behind this. I think I've sat next to you, Cardi. Mm. Probably one of the very hot rooms. So it must yep. have been Gamescom a couple of years ago. And that looked amazing. Mm. Um, but uh, I don't really want to know too much more than that nah, if I can help I have it. high hopes. Uh, I've got one more piece of feedback from Michael Newman. Says, hello, gentlemen. Greetings from Boston. Long time, first time here. Just wanted to get a couple of things out of the way before we start. So, One, you're all lovely, and I quite enjoy listening to you all speak about stuff. Also, if you could bring in Dale for that weird fourth slot from the beginning of the pandemic where he chimes in every 20 minutes. I forgot about that. That was, that was quite good. <laughs> we, that was back when we kind of needed someone to produce the podcast when we were using a different method. But maybe if Dale's up for it, we'll, we'll call him up sometime. There's uh, a spare part. Yeah. <laughs> Best chip. Brackets. Though I do prefer the term crisp. That's because you're very wise. I'm not sure if you have these in the UK, but they're all dressed... Oh, it's yes. an absolute delight. It's a mixture what a of banger. Bar- <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's a mixture of barbecue ketchup, sour cream, onion, and salt and vinegar. I know that That's sounds weird. Sounds disgusting. But I show it's a, like what are you tasting there? Everything. It's, I suppose. Like it, it's all dressed, mate. 
I, I obviously you can only. I think you can only get them in Canada. I've never seen them over here, but hmm. I think it's ruffles all dressed. Very good. Oh, I mean, what are you? Oh. Yeah, I'm trying to think what you. I mean, yeah, it sounds good. It sounds very salty. But I suppose that's what you want in a crisp. So. Uh, three best picker mix. We don't quite have those here, but I'm a big fan of a peach ring or a strawberry cream puff when it comes to <laughs> salted candy. I don't know what either of those are, but I'm up for it. I think <laughs> I've had a peach ring before. I think they're a bit like... Um... <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> We're getting some place here, aren't we? Here we go. Did you go and see a doctor for it? Etc. Etc. <laughs> How uh, was it? Yeah, I think I've had those imported before. They're just very imported. Peach. You know, like the um, <laughs> um, like the the sugary gummy rings that you you have like in Haribo. They're, oh, that, okay. right. they're peach flavored. Peach. You right. kind of got sugar that. on the edge. I'm up for those. Uh, we call a sugary frozen stick in plastic tube a freeze pop. That's also what we call them. So ice pops, ice pops, oh, ice poles, oh, yeah. whatever you wanna call them. Uh, number five. I've never drowned, nor have I come close. But well, I assumed you'd never drowned. But uh, <laughs> but one time I used a Corona Rita, the little bowls, bottle to open another bottle and ended up slicing my tendon. So don't do Ooh. that. They invented bottle openers for a reason. Yeah, don't slice your tendons. I am um, partially tore the tendon in my shoulder once university because i was drunkenly running down if anyone knows the university of leeds very well um there's some big steps at parts of the university don't sprint down those when you're drunk because you might fall over into a bush and tear your shoulder um and then still go out to the club afterwards because you're an idiot covered in blood what a lad no an idiot (laughs) (laughs) okay now to michael's actual question now to the point from last week's pod that finally got me to write in regarding exclusive content and the effect it has. Console exclusives are something that I believe we have come to accept as a collective when it comes to specific games, but there seems to be quite the range in severity when it comes to console exclusive content. It could potentially be recency bias, or I own an Xbox bias, but I feel that this is something that Sony has really taken a liking to and they really don't get bashed enough for it, until the Avengers business came up. Joe mentioned last week that... An industry that appears to be coming more open, oh, that the industry appears to be coming more open. And while I hope that this is the case, I'm not sure Sony is willing to play nice. During the PS4, Xbox One generation, Sony is the clear cut winner in every measurable metric. But I also feel that the term history is written by the victors is coming into play here a bit. While Xbox, from a position of weakness, has been making strides to give benefits to both Xbox and PC gamers while playing nice with Nintendo as well. Sony has been using exclusive content in a number of high-profile cross-platform games and no one seems to have brought it up prior to this in any significant way. What I'm trying to say is that while I hope that the perceived rejection of the Spider-Man exclusivity in Avengers turns into actual rejection of console-exclusive content, but more likely this will be a flash in a pan and in a few months the majority of folks will be playing a Spider-Man on their PS4s and 5s and Sony will be looking at the next cross-platform game to seek its teeth into. Do you feel there's any actual traction to the push for all the kids to share their toys, or do you think we'll be sitting in our separate sandboxes for the foreseeable future? Keep up the good work, and Simon, we haven't heard about the shed in some time, so please provide updates on that. Um, the shed's doing very well. It's quite. It's been very warm here, so it's a bit of a sweat box to be in at the moment. But there may be a video coming out next week. If you're lucky, you'll see a glimpse of my shed. There's a tease <laughs> for you. Featuring <laughs> as, as a bee artist in... 
Yeah, and if it's a hot day, you're going to be in your pants. Yeah, yeah. No, it's not on IGN, this video. It's not. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh is this your only fans? I knew it's you were setting it up. Very yeah, yeah. It's going well. Yeah, 12, 12 subscribers so far. But nice. Premium content, uh, mainly shed-based. But yeah, do we think that Sony, this generation, are going to be more willing to play with others? Uh, sort of not based off his, his... Sony has always been the stick in the mud in terms of like they were always the they were the last person to kind of shift when it came to big uh, like crossplay elements especially i think Fortnite they were the last person to give mm-hmm. in yeah. Rocket League they were the last person to give in Sony like to do things very traditionally in the console market which creates some very very interesting brilliant opportunities but also does mean that i've always felt that the PlayStation 4 is quite an old fashioned console it works it's it's like a PlayStation 2 but it's graphically much more impressive mm-hmm. and has incredible single player content whereas Xbox have constantly been innovating in ways that i think because people largely do just want to play really cool looking single player campaigns like that's what Sony do yeah. well but they've never like Microsoft are always experimenting in these different ways which is i guess to make up some lost ground but i do think in many ways makes xbox a more attractive proposition it's just that when you've got the power of sony and the power of like it's not even close this generation i think it's even more obvious than like whereas last gen xbox 360 was on top and playstation was Mm. below i think the boundary this generation around has just been playstation are so many more leagues ahead Mm -hmm. that they have been able to to stick to their guns and go no we exclusives are good for that company it makes them a lot of money um whether next generation works for them i guess depends on how closed they can make that kind of disparity between them is game pass and the innovations that microsoft have made is that enough to kickstart them off with a good start to this generation which evens the boundaries a bit harder i I don't know halo isn't it yeah yeah but also kind of what what are sony going to have out the gate like yeah I'd imagine Spider Man, but it looks like we maybe Demon Souls as well. Yeah, that might be. And Demon Souls, port. I don't think is a system seller. I think no. Demon Souls is a system seller for people like me that like Dark Souls and missed Demon Souls the first time round, and people that did play Demon Souls on PS3 and have that nostalgia for it. But it's not. It's not like Halo, which I don't think you need that niche interest to be interested in no. a Halo game. It's a big first-person shooter. Of course, you want to play exactly. it. It might be that. Games like Avengers and, to an extent, I wouldn't be sorry if they're signed with Call of Duty. Those mm-hmm. are the, the cross-platform games that launch. If you can get something a bit extra in Call of Duty or a bit extra in Avengers, that will tip you towards getting a PlayStation mm-hmm. over an Xbox. I think the difference in... I know that kind of Michael mentions that this isn't the first time Sony have done this. I think this is the first time that Sony have done this, which is very notable for the player experience. It's it's not it's here here or there to buy an assassin's creed game that's got two extra missions if you bought it on playstation because mm. those missions will be garbage they yeah. won't be any good yeah. they can't be because the pipelines can't be there to spend that much time on it i think spider-man's probably not going to be the greatest character in the world unless this whole thing of where carnage might be on xbox or something yeah. like that or, or carnage might be spider-man more... yeah well yeah it might be that all consoles have spider-man but you only get Miles Morales if you're on Xbox and you can only play Peter Parker. If that's the case, then I can imagine Spider-Man being a good character. If it is just 
Spider-Man is only available on PlayStation, I don't think the pipelines will have been there to make him a compelling character. So it will be that he's just the garbage side character. But because he's Spider-Man, because he's so important to the Marvel mythos, that's what makes this a huge unfair advantage for Sony. And yeah, if I was an Xbox-only person, I'd be fucking pissed off. Yeah. Like that's and it's because he's so integral to that universe, which is why it feels so much more unfair. I think that's the thing. It's not necessarily the exclusive exclusivity of the games, because you're always going to have that. Mm-hmm. But you know, the the player experience on games that are on both platforms is the bigger kick in the nuts for me. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Um, and yeah, I would happily boycott a game if, like, if one of my favourite franchises came out. I don't. I'm trying to think. Zelda came out and it didn't have well, I don't know Epona and it was a, mm-hmm. a remake it was only on this platform whatever it's like what the fuck yeah. it, wouldn't, it wouldn't be that experience that you want no I don't agree. do it but you know let us but know I do think. think I do think Spider-Man in some shape or form will be in the Xbox yeah or an equivalent just, yeah. yeah someone with the same moveset anyway but you know uh, it's DC fam down this weekend so there's mm. going to be lots of news including Suicide Squad, Batman games, and obviously a lot of film stuff. So maybe feedback, IGN underscore UK, feedback, IGN.com. What got you most excited from DC Fandom? Because I imagine next Friday we'll be talking a lot about what happened there. Tenet will be out uh, next week too. So if Mm. you go and see that, tell us about it and let us know what your cinema experience was mm -hmm. like. We'll be in the throes of Gamescom by that point as well. Exactly, yeah. Good Busy week coming up. Uh, that's it for this week's podcast. Thank you, Simon. Thank you, Matt. Oh, thank it's you. a pleasure. Uh, and also thank you, as always, to you for listening. And we'll be back same time next week. Until then, bye-bye. Bye. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.